Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Full Time Devils podcast. I've got no idea which number it is because I have not been on the podcast for a while, I'll be honest. Um, last time it was 40 something, so I feel like we're way, way past that at this point. Um, but yes, today I am joined by James. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Sorry. Slowly, slowly getting back to normal now. We are in the uh, in the UK. You know, it's taking taking a while. But um, you know, I don't know, don't know when you're listening to this. But we've just had the uh, the Arsenal City game last night. So that's uh, hopefully something that's going to get back to normal. Obviously, uh, United are playing tomorrow, which could be like next week for you people. So yeah, it's all right. Yeah, and we've got John with us from New York. How are you? Hey, what's going on? Not much. Is this a bit early for you, or are you around? What you're around? What early? Nearly afternoon now? Yeah. Um. Actually, I was speaking to Jay about this uh, before we got uh, before we went live. He always has my ass waking up at like five in the morning. Yeah. Um, so as you can see, I'm a little bit brighter. Um, my background's brighter. Uh, I have a flower shirt on. I'm ready to go. We should have a great conversation today. Fantastic. That's what we like to see. And of course, we are joined by Kathan as well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? Good. Oh, good. We had a technical delay before where Kathan couldn't hear me, um, which most people would probably pay to not hear me. So uh, you were quite lucky with that, I'll be honest. But yes, Apologies. as James said, um, football's back. And before we get into all of that, I think one thing that has been on everyone's like social media feeds, what everyone's been talking about as a Manchester United fan is hopefully soon to be Sir Marcus Rashford. I mean, the kid is just just a refresher. I mean, he's raised twenty million um, to help supply three million meals to children. He's campaigned to help the homeless back at Christmas time. He learned sign language to judge a poetry competition for a deaf school, and he's helped rate uh, helps with the government providing free meals for schools. I mean, if this kid does not get a knighthood. I'm sorry, but there's something wrong with society. 
like well there's lots wrong with society but there's extra wrong with society like what do you make of what he's been doing guys anyone okay i'll start yeah <laughs> uh firstly thanks for having me on no and, worries uh, yeah. and the i mean everything he has said you know it comes straight from the heart you can make it out from what how he speaks he has felt the pain he has lived through the pain he has grown you know in those situations so you can uh, really know that you know it, he feels what uh, the underprivileged people or the poor people feel so he is genuinely trying to help them out despite uh, financially outgrowing you know that difficulties so all all he deserves every bit of praise that is coming his way and like you said you know firstly it is very easy for us to point fingers towards those in power or those in position saying yes they are supposed to uh, you know do something about it or something like that but he took the initiative and he himself raised 20 million like you said to feed 3 million meals and then he realized i guess that the you know problem is much bigger than that so he started writing those letters to the mps and he started persuading the government and now they have allocated 120 million is it to feed around 1.3 yeah. million children so we must realize that we are in the middle of a global pandemic so all countries are walking on an economic tightrope in that time if the government is allocating 120 million for a cause it is undisputable and all credit must go to him because yeah. he, he what he has done is truly remarkable uh, but what i wish to say is it should not it need not stop there like uh, personally uh, there is an orphanage near my house which is very close to my heart so uh, in this 3 uh, months of lockdown i have put all my savings i have contributed there so that you know they don't fall short of anything economically wow. or in terms of essentials so i guess we all can be marcus rashfords of our own societies of our own communities you know and if every footballer or if every football fan begins to stand with one poor child or you know one underprivileged child i guess that will be football's contribution to society so i think we should take this moment forward it is a great thing what he has done though yeah 100% i mean um uh, john what do you think about the whole i think when lockdown started and furlough was in discussion and stuff like that a lot of people were quick to come down on footballers for they earn so much money blah, blah 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 i think what what do you make of when you see somebody like rashford and there are other players that have done things as well i know jordan henderson's been doing stuff zaha's been doing stuff um harry kane as well what do you know i for me personally i just think that's a great kind of middle finger to the people that are criticizing them at every single move they make that they then turn around and do stuff like that. Look, I mean, um I'm not going to try to I think Kevin really hit the nail on the head. Fantastic a uh, little blip there from him, but uh I read something on Twitter where somebody was like, I couldn't tell if it was a journalist or or a government official. I forgot who it was, but somebody said football players and sports players in general should not be politically active or politically charged um and before anything else i'd like to say what marcus rashford has done for for the country and for the world and feeding millions of children with millions of meals is nothing has nothing to do with politics whatsoever this has yeah. to do with hunger world hunger and feeding children so the fact that somebody was already talking about this being a political politically charged movement is an absolute joke and this is the microcosm of the society today i mean we have problems of dividing and conquering we have so much bipartisanship we have so much polarization all across the world everybody is so hypersensitive about issues and for somebody like marcus rashford a 22 year old who's 
sole job for some people might be to just play football. Um, for him to have led such a deep movement, uh, something that really hits hits him uh, uh, in a more uh, personal level, which has to do with you know food vouchers and things like that. It is an absolutely amazing, inspiring movement, and people should not be criticizing him by bringing up like drawing allegations and connecting dots about politics because this is only to do with Marcus Rashford doing good deeds for humanity and that's all it needs to be and he's been an absolute source of inspirations for young and old I mean I myself is older than Marcus Rashford and I feel like he's already sunned me I mean he's an amazing human being and it's just love I just love to see this from him and he, he he is probably going to be a source of inspiration for many kids going forward I mean the fact that he's inspiring me Kirthan and Angelina you guys all of us here like it's just you know you can't you can't say anything better better than uh, better than that about him so absolute top top lad yeah I mean you look at his story and he's been you know just for United fans you know he's been you know, at the club, you know, since he was such a small child, he's worked so hard to get where he is now, you know, and he is the star for, well, people will argue, but for me, he's the star of the team. Uh, when he turns it on, he's absolutely amazing. And he's like, and now he's also doing this on the side as well. It's like, I can't, I can't, I'm sure some people, some bitter people will try and find something negative about him. But as far as I'm aware, like that kid is amazing, and I mean, James, what do you think this will mean um, for him moving forward? Maybe taking the captain's armband and stuff like that, because I think he provides such a phenomenal example, even from such a young age, for players that are going to come through after him. Yeah, I mean, he's a great role model compared to some of the players that we've had at this club. Some of the mercenaries that have taken pay packets that really don't want to be at the club, the likes of your Sanchez's and your Di Maria, and he's the total opposite of that. And I think also, I mean, he's kind of changing the perception of working class Mancunians because there's a lot of snobbery about people from within shore that they're all spicy dicks and chavs and he's actually doing something that's actually incredible by raising all this money and you know people are saying it's PR but it obviously isn't because there's small things he does as well I mean like learning sign language he didn't have to do that I mean if it was PR he'd just show up take a photo and leave but he's actually putting in effort he's doing that he's raised way more money than the actual figures because he doesn't want to give it away because it's not about the money he's raised it's about the you know the food and everything he's he's uh, you know, raising that. I think it's pretty much a disgrace, really, that we've got a, a government that was actually calling out footballers at the start of all of this. And now mm. they have the cheek when all this has happened to not even remember the name of the guy that's done it twice, not even taller than Daniel, which is like a, just a rookie mistake. And then there was another one that on Radio 4 the other day that um, called him like... Um, Call him something else. It was just like not Daniel. his name, and it's Daniel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there was there was another guy as well on, on Radio Four yesterday that oh. called him like something else. It's just just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no, I think obviously it's great that he's doing it, but it's it's kind of there's a, there's a bit of anger though that I'm seeing from people that are sort of annoyed that you know this this he shouldn't be doing this in the first place because there shouldn't be four million people that need, he needs to feed in the UK because yeah. if you look at you know there, it's it's the same thing in the world really. It's pretty disgusting at the top what. 90% of the world's wealth is controlled by the top 1%, 2%. And, you know, if we shared a bit more, then we wouldn't have food banks or any of this. And, you know, it's sort of a sign of um, Tory Britain, really, where we have austerity and there's been more food banks now than there ever has been, which is, you know, it's quite sad, really. Mm. I think the, the one thing for me, like reading about all of it and seeing his interviews and stuff like that, I think I, I was talking to my family about this and it's like, if there's, you know, even one kid watching that, maybe from a similar part, you know, a similar town in a different part of the globe or even someone from Withenshaw, you know, a place that mm. has a stigma that maybe isn't necessarily true. 
even if he just helps one kid think, you know what, he got out and he made a difference. I could be that. Or like all of us sat here now saying like, this makes us think what more can we do? Like little things that you can do to still help. And I think, I think it's amazing. And, um, you know, you, you get certain people like you were saying, you know, calling the wrong name and all this rubbish. It's just like people, people are irritating. But I mean, I just want to check, are we all in agreement for Rashford to have a knighthood? Just checking. Because if you're not, then leave now. I'll be honest. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Jay will be leading this with um, memes and gifts of uh, Sir, Sir Marcus. I think we should get um, Withenshaw named after him. Just change the entire town to just just Rashford. Just, just, just Rashford. <laughs> yeah, a massive statue. Did you guys see the um, the thing on Welcome to Withenshaw Rashford one yeah. Katie Hopkins? Yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was Boris, wasn't it? Oh, Boris, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, nil as well. Some just, before we, uh, just before we move on, I mean, we must realize that children are, you know, our greatest potential and resource. Mm. So we have to protect them at all costs. And as Nelson Mandela once said, you know, there can be no keener revelation about a society's soul than how it treats its children. Mm. So to everybody criticizing, I mean, what is the base of your argument? What will you do with your money? Are you going to eat it? Are you going to take it after you die? There is no point. Give as much as you can and spread hope and happiness. Just, just appreciate the man. That was lovely, that. That was very nice. Yeah, that was beautiful. But I was just going to say, it must must be so embarrassing for the government to actually have their uh, decision U-turned by a 22-year-old from Withenshaw and they're so elitist and full of themselves. And they've had this thing where they've said, can can we change this place over the summer? And obviously they've just ignored it, but there's been more and more pressure. (laughs) And this is like, how how many times is this down for our Prime Minister? He's only been in charge for, what, four or five months? And there's been so many things that have just been overturned. The other thing with schools were opening the other week, there's been like countless times, it just sort of shows how ridiculous this government is really, that, you know, they're getting shown up by people from Withenshaw that are doing more than most MPs are, you know, ever to sort of change society. So basically, Sir, Sir Marcus Rashford, Prime Minister Rashford, World <laughs> Mayor, Leader, Mayor Rashford. of the Republic of Mancunia as well. Another thing, obviously, is that Rashford is back from injury now at a very important time because unless you have been hiding under a rock you will be aware that football is back not just in Spain Germany but the Premier League has returned obviously when we're filming this last night was the first games uh what did you all make of it how are we feeling um you know I'll start this time uh watching I I I didn't get it Obviously, the games here, uh, I'm five hours behind, so I, well, I had to work and I didn't really get to like sit down and fully get invested into a single game. But I think the excitement, I kind of like hyped myself a little bit too much. I mean, I was careful, you know, we, you know, Manchester United fans, we know not to not to, you know, get a little we've excited. Yeah, we've been there. It's been a while for us. So, you know, we're, we're kind of used to that rhythm. But um, it was exciting at the same time. It, it definitely was a new change of pace that we all kind of realized this is the new norm. I mean, just, yeah. the fa- just the fact that the fans weren't there, the audio was like completely just being generated through a computer. And it was just, it was definitely something of a new norm. And I felt like, wow, if this is going to be how, it, if this is how it's going to be going forward for an indefinite number of, uh, number of days or months or a year or whatever it may be, this is what we're going to have to get used to. So I try to look through the positives, but other than that, it was, it was very, I don't want to say nervy, but there there was a a vibe of carefulness. It, it was I I got to actually watch some Bundesliga games, and there was a difference. I think the Premier League games are still kind of like 
you know, feed it into the water type thing. Yeah, yeah, lethargic. Yeah, I mean, we're all we were all expecting that, honestly. They, mm. They've all been cooped up at home doing nothing, so we were expecting a little bit of that. Um, they they're they're definitely gonna need to rebuild that uh the uh, the stamina and the fitness. But so there was there was what like three four injuries in the game last night. I mean, mm. I, I, I don't know the exact number, but the, yeah, there mm. were we were expecting that. only one only one center back finished the game who started only one wow. center back mm. made it out. So wow, that's a big stat. <laughs> I mean, do, are you all, I assume, as football fans are in agreement that football should be coming back? I mean, I know, the, like you say, it's a new normal now. There's a lot of changes and stuff like that. But do you think it's, are you happy with the decisions that they've made and how how careful they're being with the face masks and the distancing, et cetera, et cetera? What do you I'm guys sort think? I'm sort of on the, fa- on the fence, to be honest with you, because... Mm. Yeah, you see, all right, yeah, the infection rate is going down, but you look at the Spurs game that they played against Norwich that friendly, and one of the one of the Norwich players got tested positive, and there's no way that he hasn't passed that on to a Spurs player who we're playing tomorrow. And it just seems like I don't really agree with the fact that footballers are taking tests away from you know key workers. I don't really agree with you know it, it just seems if it's got to return at the right time. I think that's that's the point, and I think mm-hmm. if you look at all the other countries around Europe, you know their infection rate is a lot lower. If it doesn't need to return, then there's there's no rush really to push it right back. And I just think mm-hmm. it just revolves around money again because if you look at the other divisions that actually need to return, League One, League Two, they've pretty much decided their their league. So it's a difficult one because that, but then you look at it on the other side and you see that actually, you know, if it is safe to resume, then there's no reason why not to. And obviously there's still a lot to rest on the season because of how much money there is in the Premier League. You can't really decide it on points per game because you get you know, if relegation is such a big thing, the, the gap between the Championship and the Premier League, you know, if you look at the money in terms of the difference, I know they get parachute payments, but, you know, if you're Villa, for example, and you get relegated with, when you haven't played an extra game than someone else, then, you know, you could sue them. Mm. Well, I mean, I'll be honest, there was a few players I was watching yesterday, uh, won't mention any names, but the, I got the vibe that they were maybe not as prepared to come back from lockdown, maybe a few too many barbecues, few too many beers, I don't know, but you could see a few of them struggling towards the end of those games thinking, I thought this season was done, I thought I could chill until August, September, maybe later. Um, I think a few have indulged, but I just wanted to ask, because I've not actually spoken to you guys during lockdown, how has lockdown been for everybody? Have you all been indulging? Be honest. <laughs> and uh, some players are still working from home, like Ozil. So, <laughs> not quite mm. sure what that's about. And uh, when it comes to you know to answer your uh, say, question about safety, uh, I was surprised actually that Premier League came back so early. Mm. Like uh, I wasn't so I wasn't expecting it to be so early. And once the German Bundesliga started, I didn't enjoy it quite as much, to mm. be honest. And mm. the Premier League came back last night, and thanks to Arsenal and their uh, you know theatrics, it was good to have football back. But yeah, like James mentioned, yes, they are they are testing all the players, but before the results come out, the next matches are held. So what is the point in testing the players? Mm. You have to be absolutely sure that you know it is safe for everybody. Even one infection can be fatal. Yeah. So I think if they can you know be fully sure of safety, then yes, we can go ahead. But Finances should not be put ahead of safety. What did you make of the fake crowd noises? Did you think it was too loud for the city at, um, at home to Arsenal? Definitely. I think they were. <laughs> they might have been unsettled with the noise because I think this is the loudest they've heard. 
<laughs> Listen, I can vouch that the Etihad is like we all know it's quiet, but I have drove past that stadium mid-game and I have purposely wound down all my windows, turned my radio down, and you cannot hear a thing. So I can personally vouch that that was way too loud last night. It was an absolute liberty. But like I say, there was there was definitely um, a few players that uh, maybe maybe weren't as fit. Um, and had maybe, like I say, been indulging quite a bit. And as I said before, what have you guys, one question I wanted to ask, what's been your major indulgence during lockdown, if you've had any? Um, well, I guess uh, just to actually, I'm, look, I'm not going to try and sound like I'm, I've done a, I'm a good boy and I've done well. Oh, there we go, Mr. Hell. <laughs> Getting up and gone, going for 10 mile runs. Yeah. Actually, okay. no, no, actually, I haven't been running, but, you know, this, this whole pandemic had me really realize and, you know, reflect a little bit on what we've been doing as human beings and just kind of, I'm, I'm trying to not sound like Louis van Gaal here, but you know, we I like really thought about how we can come out of this better. And, mm. um, you know, it's been tough for me on all different levels, but for me, my physical attributes has been deteriorating to say, I mean, I'm, I'm only 28, but just, to, just to hear just this, just over the course of the few years since I've graduated from college and, you know, went into the workforce, I've just been completely just, in, indulgent is not even the word i've just been going i've just been letting loose i literally said here like, hands off jesus take the wheel i've just been eating and drinking and going crazy and you know it really made me think about what we've been doing and i was like you know what i gotta fix this and one of the things that i could do is try and better my health at home you know now i have no excuse i'm, I'm working from home i have a little bit a lot, actually a lot more time in terms of reorganizing my priorities so i stayed locked in and you know really control my meal portions, figured out what I could eat, what I shouldn't eat, you know, did a lot of exercise calisthenics at home and things of that nature. And um, I dropped, I don't know, I don't know how this is in uh, kilograms, but I dropped about close to 70, 50, 70, 60 pounds. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much that is, but it's kind of drastic, but. Decent. Well done. And um, it's been an eye-opening uh, lockdown period to say the least. I mean, there's yeah. obviously been so much pain here in New York city. So it's been a very tough moment uh, you know over the few podcasts that i've been on here i've been sharing my i've been express, expressing my emotions of like pain and suffering yeah. and sadness but if there's one if there was a, a little bit of a blessing to be had i think it was the fact that i really took care of myself and i'm hoping that anywhere else you guys are around the world if you guys are watching you guys should try and do the same it's never too late even if you think oh you know, quarantine's almost over. It's almost slowly mm. starting to return to normal. No, it's never that. You, you you always have a time to start. And this is the time to start to make a change, whether it be small or large. Do it now. Mm. Very good. Well, I, I'd love to say that I have been exactly the same. I feel like I've made small changes, but like food and drink wise, it's, it's not been good. Been, <laughs> like, it's been a nightmare. And I, I don't think it's helped especially um, drink-wise. Well, not that it's not helps, but I think I've, I've been encouraged by a few of the guys at Full-Time Devils that have been telling me about Beer 52. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's not good. I mean, I was living in Germany and I got introduced to beer there in the three weeks I was there before I had to come back from lo for lockdown. And, yeah, that's not been good. If anybody's watching that does like a bit, I'm not going to be the only person indulging in this. So I am influencing other people too as well. So I don't feel as bad. So if you didn't know what it was, it's a, like the world's most popular craft beer. It's like a discovery club. 
like over 150,000 members and they send you in a socially distanced good way they send you the bit to your doorstep um, and they have different themes, like a US theme or different European cities, um, South African theme, different stuff like that. Um, and they're offering actually a free case of eight craft beers that are sourced from like some of the best breweries that you can find. And if you guys are watching and like I say, you do like a beer, even light or dark beer, make sure that you go to www.beer lowercase and then the the numbers 52.com slash devils in capitals i think you've got to pay 5.95 for your delivery your postage and stuff um but mine is like you get the first case of eight for free it comes with a magazine a few snacks you can pause or cancel at any time but yeah so basically everyone needs to get involved in that because i have and it's um yeah, I've, I've been indulging. I'll be honest, I've been enjoying it. I'm not going to lie. And I just think times like this, sometimes you need a little something that's just going to get you through these long lockdown days. So, yes, there you Turn go. I'm so, I'm so glad I went first because imagine, imagine <laughs> Angela did that and then I went around like, hey, she's yeah. telling all this well, indulge, which is important, but... <laughs> I'll be, I mean, don't get me wrong, home workouts and stuff like that, but when it's come to the food and drink, um, yeah, I'm... No, no one's gonna see me for a while. It's fine. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just, it's all right, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, sure. of course. Yeah, and I think with the football coming back, it it's only it's only gonna make things worse. And I think I'm I'm so excited already. Obviously, we're filming on Thursday. On Friday, Manchester United return Spurs v United. Um, obviously, we have got a preview with Full Time Devils, so make sure that you guys check that out. But we can still discuss it a little bit. Um, obviously, we've got Mourinho versus Ole, and one of the main things, and I want to ask you guys, um, I'll come to you first, Kirfan. Is Pogba going to start? Because this kid's back from injury. Like people that have seen me on Full Time Devils before, I'm not his number one fan, I'll be honest. I think he's talks way too much crap. I think he's been disrespectful. As much as he's a great player, if he wants to go, we can go. But it's looking like maybe he's not going to go because people are realising they don't want him or they can't afford him or there's other options. So um, he's backtracking, trying to, I don't know, like be a bit nicer. He's not said anything controversial. He's kept his agent quiet for a bit. Well done. Um, I'm not bothered if he's on the bench and I'm sure a lot of people will be coming for me with that. But whatever. Is, is he starting, guys? What do you think? What do you think, Kirtham? Okay, see, there are a couple of ways to look at it. Uh, Pogba... <laughs> Come on, pre- uh, Pogba convince on... me that he should start. Come on. Okay, uh, I think he should start. Okay. Uh, to me, simply put, it makes no sense to have a player like Pogba in your team and not to start him when he's fully fit. Mm. Okay, so when you are paying him the wages and he's in your team and he's fit, you might as well make use of his services. Okay. Right? If he wants to go, too bad, sell him, offload him. But if he's but there, got him making work. Okay. Exactly. So okay. I mean, there should be some value for the money we are paying him, right? Because many people raise that point that we are paying him so much, then might as well make use of him. And uh, if you don't play him, then I guess you know there will be a lot of uh, you know noise, rumors in the media, social media, what's happening back scenes, and is Pogba going to leave? Is there you know rift in the dressing room? And is Ole who is the virus now? And all these talks. We don't need any of that, yeah. right? After a very long time, we are witnessing something that is uh, really good behind the scenes. So I think we should stick to the positivity. And 
I mean, Pogba and Bruno. That is an exciting partnership. Come on, we have all we have all admired and we have all been excited to witness what happens if Pogba and Bruno start running at the you know opposition. That is a sight we all want to witness. And who better to see than Mourinho getting destroyed with Pogba and Bruno? Don't we all want to see that? Of course we do. Come on, even you have to admit that. <laughs> So I would very much start okay. Pogba, and yes, of course there are questions about his, you know, defensive capabilities and stuff like that. But I guess we can, you know, tweak our tactics if we choose to play a double pivot in midfield with Pogba and say Matic or Fred, and then Bruno running forwards. Then I think we should be able to fit both of them in the team. There have been many great sides in football which play all good players or great players. So I don't think there should be this question whether Pogba and Bruno can fit in the same team or not. Come on, we want success, and for success we need great players in our team. So for me, it's a no-brainer. He's fit, then start him. James, do you do you agree? I don't know. I mean, look, I don't think he should just get his place based on how good he is as a player because yeah, I think maybe he doesn't you know, deserve it because no, that's what I mean. I mean, on merit, much. on merit this season, McTominay and Fred have actually played better. I mean, we haven't yeah. seen much of Pogba this season. He's been out for a long time. You know, he came back. He played decent against Watford, but just because he could potentially play better in midfield, I remember it was a similar situation. I think when um, I think it was when Rooney got injured or was suspended um, for England when they were in a, I think it was Euro 2012. It might have been for the first two games he wasn't in the squad, and then he just got given his place back. And I don't think the same should happen to Pogba. I think you know if if we play against Spurs and there's obviously if there's an obvious gap in midfield, um, then obviously he should get his, his spot back, but. I don't think he should just. It's, it's wrong. It sends a rock, the wrong message out to the other players that Pogba just fits back into the team because of who he is, and I think that would actually probably do more damage in the long term because it would just further enhance that he's somehow bigger than the club. But obviously, he's he's a very good player. But I think everyone, like everyone, I'm just sort of bored of the same argument. You know, should he play? Drama. Should he not? Just stick your head down, get on with it. If you play well, fine. But it's just this constant circus that just revolves around him, and I think everyone's just sort of bored of him, Raiola, the whole thing. I mean. I'm not sure whether, you know, in the summer, I'm not sure he would actually be able to leave now uh, because of the transfer situation at Real Madrid. I mean, it was the same last summer. You know, they need to buy, need to sell about five or six players that only the top clubs can afford. Bale, Isco, James, um, I think um, Lucas Vazquez is another one. That only a certain number of clubs can actually afford the wages. And in this uh, situation that we're in, I'm not sure many of those clubs can actually buy him. So I think he's probably going to stay for another season. So it's just about how you implement him back in the team. But, I don't think you should start because I think if we go back to our last game, our last league game against City, you know, McTominay played brilliantly in that game. And so did um, Fernandez, and you know, I, I'm just not sure as to whether he should just get his, his place back straight in. Mm. Um, it, it's a hard one because I get what you mean in that if we're paying all this money for him and if he's fit, he should be playing. But at the same time, I get what you're saying there, James, because he has irritated me mm. beyond belief. Like. When he came back to this club, I was like, fantastic. Like, bring him back, roll on the good times. Him and Lingard, you know, playing together again. And, you know, they both disappointed me massively, I'll be honest. Um, And I just think, like you say, this circus that has been going on for me, it depends what attitude he comes with. Mm. I mean, I'm petty. I want an apology. I'll be honest. (laughs) I want him to have a handwritten apology to every single fan for allowing his manager, his agent to disrespect Ollie, which you don't do, and disrespect the club the way that he has. Um, I think it does, like I say, it depends on his attitude. I think if he's going to come back with a better 
kind of sense about Hello? him and Hello? not just can you hear us sorry but there's that delay thing again um no we've got a delay <laughs> i'm really sorry but i can't hear anything so it's okay right we'll we'll just do our best guys we'll just right. we'll give you a, a good five seconds whenever anyone asks you a question and we'll just do the best we can <laughs> but do i start, yeah. try restarting again <laughs> um i'm not sure at this point wait Kirtan, um, can you hear me yeah, I can hear James can and John. You, so, should we just ask? Should you just like send the questions in the chat yeah. and then we ask him the questions? You, you I, might, I, you I will be the supporting we'll... host if Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Hold, you... on. Hold, on. Oh. hold on. Hold on. It's fine now. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> Did you see that on Is that a joke? No, no, no. No, no. Of course not. I'm really sorry. I really don't know it's what's fine, happening. But don't in between it, yeah. in between it just broke off and then. Guys, come on. No, I'm kidding. Um, you just didn't like that I was maybe coming for your man Pogba a little bit, I think, to be honest. But I do want an apology, as, as I said. Pogba I've seen in real life, that's that's the problem they had behind I mean, I the, uh, the avatars. I think he's somehow like maybe hacked into it or something and he's messing things about because he's not happy with what I'm saying. But whatever, Pogba, if you're watching, somehow. Um, but yeah, I just... If if he's got to stay, well, if he's going to stay, like you say, um, if clubs can't afford him, um, I don't want him to just be sat there like, oh, didn't really want to be here, but I'm here. So there was like, a couple of turning points. I mean, like Stockholm when we won the Europa League, him and Mourinho yeah. looks as if they're going to build that massive partnership up. Obviously, that never happened. Yeah. You know, he wins the World Cup with France, and everyone's saying, right, he's going to come back, he's going to hit the ground running. But obviously, we know what happened that season um, where Mourinho got sacked, and it all fell apart a bit, and it kind of. You know, there was that incident at training and it looks as if he might leave uh, in January and that never happened. So I, mm. I, I think for, for his benefit, he may as well just stick his head down and get on with it because mm. the options he's got in this scenario, Real Madrid aren't going to pay 80 million for him because they, they can't afford to buy him. So there's only a handful of clubs, like I said, that can buy him. So he's, he's stuck here for the time being. Mm. Just, and I just, just want him just to do the best with it. Just to be clear, I, I'm not saying Pogba should be, you know, held above the club or anything like that. Certainly, I mean, of course, the club comes first. I have no doubt in my mind. No mm -hmm. player is bigger than the club. Okay. But I'm just saying Manchester United is a better team with Pogba in it than without Pogba. With a Pogba you know? with the right attitude and he's not like being irritating and causing dramas, then I'm with, I am with you on that one. If, you know, yeah. he plays the rest of this season and plays well, um, they have whatever the summer break is going to be, probably like two days or something, and then they'll start the new season. Um, I think if if he comes back with the right attitude, and I and I guess I don't know what you think, John, as to who you're excited to see. And we've talked about this Fernandez and Pogba pairing. I mean, do you think if they hit the ground running and it's a good partnership, that'll make it a bit easier for better people like me to accept him? Sure, it will be. But you know what I think it is. I think. Over the years, I think we're just tired. I think Manchester United fans are just exhausted over the the level of toxicity that's been surrounding the club since Sir Alex Ferguson's, Sir Alex Ferguson's departure. And mm. you know what? I think Pogba is just the whole saga around Pogba is is just a symbol of what Manchester United has been going through. And if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has a job and if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has a responsibility, it's not just to win trophies. It's not just to get us into the Champions League. It's to restore, like, look at me sound like a goddamn Jedi, but it's to restore the balance and it's to restore the normalcy in the club. 
You know, we've had so much problems with the managers. We've had problems with the board. We still continue to have these problems that 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 fester underneath. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's job now is to restore the 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 piece one one piece at a time. And the biggest problem here, obviously, is Paul Pogba. We had a similar situation. David De Gea wanted to leave. Uh, granted, David De Gea handled his PR situation a lot better. He was uh, the utmost professional. And due to the fax machine and et cetera, and et cetera, uh, he, he didn't Shane, leave. Yeah. But while Pogba's situation might be similar in the respect that he wanted to leave, allegedly, and uh, he's now looking more so like that he's going to have to stay given the circumstances around the world, we need to make sure that we turn things positively. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's job is to heal that. Uh, whether that be sitting Pogba down and be like, look, you idiot, you've been horrible. Your manager's been horrible. You got to tell your brothers to shut up. Whatever the situation may be. Whatever the situation may be, Ole's job is to fix that. And Pogba, the whole conversation obviously was about do Pogba, does Pogba start or, or does he not start? I personally think I'm I'm more on the fence of him not starting. Um, I think uh, I think James was spot on. I think we need to try because prior to the lockdown, prior to the pandemic, uh, Manchester United were you know hitting a nice run of form, and then obviously it slammed, which was an unfortunate situation. But if we are to sit under the assumption that we're going to start everything again from the last moment we were playing, we have to start with the same team. And we have to try and see if there's space for Pogba to come back in if somebody's underperforming or if Pogba is going to slowly return to match fitness. I think bringing somebody like that who's been injured for such a long time and just coming back in is only going to add to the worries, is only going to add to the risk, and it's only going to add to the pressure under Paul mm. Pogba. I think Pogba, over the over the course of the years I've watched him, I'm a huge Pogba fan. I, I think he just gets a bad rap sometimes. Sometimes he's, mm. just, he, sometimes he's just a plain idiot. But yeah. over the years that we've noticed him, he performs well when he's not really the main focal point or when he's not really the 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 the, the man having to soak up all that pressure. That's, that's just not who he is. Do you think I mean, he tries too hard? I mean, there's, there's games, I mean, I've seen him, he just tries to play the Hollywood pass all the time when a lot of the time he, it'd actually be more beneficial if he just played a short pass and he continued does. to play. He does, and I, I completely agree with that, but I think that's also a growth progression of players. You know, mm. that's a conundrum that players have across the board, you know, especially like Pogba, especially like Memphis, especially player these players of these uh, caliber where they have the flair, where they have the pizzazz to be able to, to turn things in one pass. Um, Pogba was this kind of, young sort of like just you know life is cool let's, let's relax let's just play football life is dope like chill vibes a player like him who had to turn things around immediately be surrounded by this like absolute toxic environment Jose Mourinho one of the most crazy controversial managers just beaming down on his lifestyle beaming down on him as a character it was it was a huge change you know what I mean and Pogba realized, uh, you know what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure things out. I gotta become a different person. I gotta evolve, and he's trying. He tried, and granted, it's his, it's his. Um, I guess it was his mentality that might have been a little bit on the more fragile end, or a little bit on the weakened end, if you will. Um, yeah, of course, uh, every player is gonna want to try and you know make that extra fancy pass that's quite unnecessary many times. But I think that was more so uh, from coming from a good place. I think he was just trying to make things better for himself to relieve his pressure, to relieve the pressure on his team. There are so many times over the years, even as recent as Angel Di Maria, like like seeing him, like we signed him, he was a Galactico coming from Real Madrid. He grabs the ball from like forty five yards out, smashes it, thinking that he's gonna like score the goal. Memphis Depay grabs the ball and Luke Shaw gives him a nice pass. And instead of just like 
crossing it, does some like 10,000 flip flaps before like bringing it backwards. Like, there's so many moments of that. Ronaldo that used to do that when he first came. I mean, everyone exactly. called him a yeah. show pony and he had, exactly. you know, the hair. And I remember it, it was his um, it was his debut against Bolton and uh, he just did try to do too many step overs and just got like two footed and he used to get bullied by like, I remember there's a good um, package on YouTube of him playing Leeds and he just gets the absolute shit kicked out of him by everyone for, you know, trying to do all these step overs. But Yanislav was a bit like that when he first came. Exactly. But you see, like, but but Ronaldo is one in a million, right? And mm. these players, are, that that's part of their growth progression. They have to grow that out of them. Now, let's say Pogba comes back, right? Going all the way back, bringing everything back to the conversation. We sh- I'd say we don't start Pogba, right? We have five substitutions now. There's a lot of room for flexibility to come back in smoothly. You bring Pogba back in and let him ease in. Let him calm down. Let him relax and let him rebuild himself. Not just his playing style, not just his fitness, but rebuild himself. I think that's the most important thing here. Pogba has to wash off this whole crap about the transfer. He has to wash off all this crap about Jose Mourinho and rebuild Paul Pogba into something better. And I think that's what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs to do here. And uh, that's the biggest test of him, his managerial career, and the biggest test of Pogba's career, uh, the biggest uh, test of Pogba's career as a player. It's a bit like uh, Rocky Three, if you've seen that. You know, when he gets too far, he wins, <laughs> wins the boxing like... match. You know, he gets all the nice cars and everything. Damn, Jason Holder, like... Rocky Three. Jeez, I like that. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I mean, you, you guys are trying to reform Pogba spiritually. You know, you're looking for <laughs> Yeah, I'm all about that. You know, I'm all about the Zen vibes and then trying to figure out what the problem is within. And I think Pogba just had too much on his plate. Emotionally, you know, mentally. All this noise surrounding him, all that pressure. He needs to get. He needs to rid of that. We need to ease that's that why into he was him. Going playing basketball and going to that Mark Anthony concert when he when he was injured. <laughs> so see, I can't protect that. Like, I need a minute. What an idiot! Like I, I can't protect that. But that's just that's just part of who he is. We're never gonna have perfect players. We're never yeah. gonna have perfect. Maybe Marcus Rashford is the closest thing that we're gonna have to perfection. We'll see. But. That's part of Pogba. He needs to fix that. He needs to, and we need to ush, we need to open that for him. And I think Bruno Fernandez coming into the squad is only going to help that. I think Bruno Fernandez is not going to help him just on the pitch, but it's going to help him off the pitch. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know what? At the end of the day, and, and the people in the comments that will be saying he wasn't playing basketball, he bounced the ball, whatever he did, he had a basketball in his hand. It's a sport. <laughs> He's been doing it. Um, I think if, if like what you say, if Solskjaer is able to maybe get through to him and and understand the issue and make the situation better, and obviously we've got Fernandez in, um, hopefully we're going to be able to keep hold of Vigallo and whoever else is going to come and go. I think obviously we do need a little bit of a clear out. We can get one or two other names in as well. Um, and for him to feel comfortable and happy with the environment that he's in. And if he's going to deliver and he's going to have the right attitude, I don't think as much as United fans are tired, if if we see that from him, you, you can't be mad at that, I guess. Um, and, and I think it'll be interesting to see with Spurs. I feel like he will start on the bench and maybe maybe come on. Um, but I'm, I'm just excited to see it. This sounds really sad. It's like, you know, when you go back to school and you've not seen your mates all summer and you're like, oh my God. And even though we don't know these players personally, I'm just excited. Like, oh my God, Wambazaka's back on the pitch. Or, like a proper loser. I am just so, I'm just excited to, to see them all, not just on their Instagrams and stuff. Yeah, but having said that, Agala's Twitter feed is just the best thing ever. If you've ever oh. seen his Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> his Instagram, did you see yeah. his Instagram? 
Instagram the other day, he went live with a lady who was lay on the floor. I think she was like praying or she was, I'm not too sure what, but like you could see people commenting like, what's going on here? There was no explanation. He just went live and he just started drinking a bottle of water, just watching it and was like, I was sat, I'm not gonna lie, I was sat there for five minutes like, what's going on here? I don't want to click off because if a Gallo's watching it, then we all should be watching it. It's got a great fashion sense as well. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm so glad that he's he's mm. managed to stay in some way because I think seeing mm. a die-hard United fan putting on the shirt, he's living out a lot of people's fantasy. I just, I just keep him anyway, even if he's not playing. He could just be like Bez. You know, he just sort of hang around, yeah. not really do much. He just, just sort like of, you know, yeah. Hundred percent. But you I see, mean, like, sorry, Angelina. But you see, like, just, just to, just to really, like, I don't want to drag this on too long. But this is what I'm talking about. This positivity. It's slowly yeah. returning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've like, Pogba was uh, like a focal point because he's the, he was supposed to be the star. He was supposed to be the savior, and everything was going absolutely crap. And of course, he's going to be the main crap at that point, right? But now things are going well. We have somebody like. We have nice vibes. We have McTominay, a, a, a Manchester-grown player, absolutely phenomenal. Fred, out of nowhere, starting to turn it, turn it up. We have Igalo, a, a, a signing from China, who we thought it was like, what the hell? And now he's doing great. He's just positive vibes all around. Positive vibes all around. We have Marcus Rashford doing so much, uh, so much for the society. We still have Juan Mata. Don't forget who's oh, spearheading the common goal front. Yeah. You know what I mean, there's so many positive things surrounding the club now, and we just need to ride that out. We need to. Continue to build on that momentum, not just on the pitch, but just an entire picture. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I would be happy tomorrow. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to put cardboard cutouts of fans in the crowd or whatever. Right. I would love to just see a Gallo just running round like doing a little <laughs> Mexican wave, just on his own, just like hyping everyone up. I feel like even that, I'd I'd be happy with. But I I do like the positivity. And what what are our positive predictions for the Spurs game. I'll start with you, James. I'm saying, actually, I mean, the club have actually off the pitch have done loads of positive things during this as well. It's mm. not just the players. I mean, I got um, an email today from the club saying that um, season ticket holders can now pass tickets on to members for starting from next season, which wow. I think, you know, is, is a great thing. And they're, they're doing loads of things, right? Like the, um, I think season ticket holders can watch live games for free without having to pay for it um, and that sort of thing. And, you know, there's the whole um, NHS uh, lights thing and the, the free meals and I just think they're getting a lot of things right finally, which is good. So, yeah. but I think I think we should be able to beat Spurs. I mean, when we played them early on in the season, we had a lot of players out, um, and that was the sort of game I think that sort of saved Solskjaer because there was that run of games. I think we had Spurs. I think we City or Liverpool, someone within the space of two weeks. Um, but I think I, I, I honestly think we can beat them. I think we've got better players. I think Kane's probably not uh, quite the player he was um, a couple of seasons ago. I think now that we've got Fernandez, we've got Rashford back as well, who. Was a bit of a, a bit of a miss uh, since um, you know all this happened, but he's actually been quite good this season. I think it's his most uh, most goals he scored in the amount of games he's got, and you know people forget actually on the pitch he's probably having his best season before he had the injury. So I think he's going to be almost like a new signing really, and obviously Fernandez as well has been great. Uh, since he came in and we've got other we've got more depth now in the squad it feels like especially with players like Agalo as well we can just bring on for the last 10 minutes and hold up the ball and that sort of thing so I think everyone's pretty positive about going into the game I, th- I think we should be able to win pretty uh, comfortably you going for 5-0 or I mean that's the thing I mean I, the thing is right with Mourinho he's the manager you don't want to come up against in a one-off game after players have just came back mm. from lockdown everyone's a bit tired because he could just park the boss shithouse it and just do loads of just like stupid and small things just to get an advantage so 
I'm, I'm not going to say like we're going to win 10-2 or whatever because I think Mourinho always has that thing about him that you never quite know what he's got under his sleeve. But I think he's certainly you know deteriorating as a manager compared to um, sort of United. I mean the severe game and that last season was a bit uh, bad. But I think yeah we sh- we should be able to win it by I think two 0 Okay, John, what are you going with? Let's get a positive prediction from the positive king over here. Come on. Uh, I'm gonna go three 0 I actually think we we're gonna do well. I think Jose Mourinho as much as. As much as I like to think Jose Mourinho is probably concocting up some sort of master plan during this pandemic, I mean, we saw, we saw him getting caught training the players in the park, right? Yeah, 100%. And he's had some kind of underground tunnels built. Yes, I so guarantee like, you. Like I guarantee you he was doing something like that. And he was doing something like that loads of times before he got caught. Yeah. He was sorry because he did it. He was sorry because he got caught. I guarantee you he's doing all of that. He's so been I'm, doing little Skype training sessions with him, like one-on-one <laughs> stuff. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. And see him all over that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, Jose Mourinho is not an easy threat, but I'd like to stay positive. I'm going to ride on it. I don't know if it's going to be 3-0, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and hope that we win 3-0. Okay. And, Kathan, what are you going with? Uh, well, uh, it's been a long break, so I can see us being a little bit rusty and probably conceding one, but uh, I can see us winning 2-1. Uh, I'm certain Rashford will score, and uh, <laughs> I'm almost sure it will be a penalty. So Ooh, okay. I, I think it will be a two. I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna go for because I'm just like, I, I feel like we might concede. Mm. Um, so I would probably, yeah. but there's so many people that I want to score. Um, so I'm going to believe that they will. Um, maybe not all of them. I'll go. I'm gonna go three-one. I think, and I think Rashford's going to score, and I think Fernandez is going to score, and I'd like to see Martial score as well if he's playing. So yes, that would be that would be my prediction. But um, obviously, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the rest of the season um, as we battle for a Champions League spot, depending if City get kicked out or not. But I think our main rivals, and a bit of breaking news today, um, well, the day that we're filming. Um, our rivals Chelsea have signed Timo Werner. It's official. It's been going on for a while. Um, do you worry that? I mean, everyone says United's linked with every transfer, but it seems from what I'm reading, Chelsea seems to be linked with just as many at the moment. Um, do you think with transfers we might get left behind a little bit, and Chelsea are going to surge on with this team Lampard's building, or do you reckon he's just going to be a bit of a flop like a Torres or something? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not too bothered about Timo Werner at all. I mean, he's a great yeah. player. I've been a huge fan of what he's been doing, but I'm not too bothered. I think right now I'm more interested. I'm my priority as a footballing fan is as a football fan is just focusing on Manchester United right now. I think yeah. we're I'm more excited. I mean, over the course of the pandemic, even before the pandemic, I've just been harping on about how I think Manchester United is going to do the right thing in terms of the transfer market. Uh, yeah. For speaking about transfer markets, and I think we are going to go for somebody like Jaden Sancho, and I think whoever we bring in is going to add a positive, positive contribution. I think the main concern here was: Are Manchester United is Manchester United going to be uh, falling behind the likes of Chelsea because they're going out and signing all these players? Um, of course, it's going to add to the competition, but I think it's it's positive. I think Manchester United now know that they can ride this good momentum, and they have to make a big signing. They have to bring somebody a statement signing. You know, we brought somebody like Igalo, which is a good cult signing, but we need a statement signing. And I think Jaden Sancho is going to bring that to the table. And I think 
the effect that Jaden Sancho will, is, that's going to have on Manchester United is going to be great, far vastly greater than what Timo Werner could bring to Chelsea. Which I'm not knocking on it. I think I'm, I think he's going to probably do great for Chelsea, but I'm not too bothered. I personally don't think he's it's not going to be as good as Jaden Sancho. So whatever. There you go. Timo Werner. Yeah. Um, James, are you concerned about Chelsea? Maybe, mm. maybe not necessarily this season. We'll see what happens. But next season, depending on signings. I mean, they've had, they did have a transfer ban last season, which I think people forget. So I guess mm. it's only a, a natural thing that they are going to sign a couple of players because that's Chelsea's business model. And I think it probably won't stick around for too long. I'm, I'm not sure what Lampard's going to do now. He's got all the, this uh, transfer money again, whether he's going to stick with the young players that he's been playing this season. But I think that the good thing is about United as well. It seems like, you know, John was talking about those uh, statement signings, but if we wanted to go out and make a statement, we could just sign someone like Bale. But I think that we're looking at being linked with players, at least like Sancho, that offer that sort of statement, but are also actually going to be beneficial to us for at least six, seven years, because we've done that before in the likes of Di Maria, Falcao, Sanchez, Mm. going for players that are over 30, that have injury issues and probably don't want to really sign for the club it's never a good business model because you're never going to make profit on the players and they're probably going to deteriorate after a couple of seasons. So I'm not too bothered. I mean, it's probably a good signing for Chelsea. I think that the main one I was annoyed about was that we missed out on Haaland. I think he, he would have been a really good yeah. signing uh, in January and the fact that, you know, he was sold to Dortmund for what, 17 million. It seems like a, a bargain really, but no, I'm not, I'm not really too bothered. I think Sancho's the big one. If we can get him, then I think it'd be a massive boost um, to our team. So I think we're still a bit um, thin on that side of the pitch. Hmm. Um, Kevin, are you worried about Chelsea or are you not even thinking about them? Well, like James said, you know, they did have a transfer ban. So, they're still making up for lost ground and mm. lost time. So, they're still filling up their gaps. And, uh, well, Timo Werner, they pulled one off on Liverpool, didn't they? Mm. <laughs> Brilliantly. He was linked to Liverpool for a long, long time. And just like that, right. out of nowhere, he signs for Chelsea. So, yeah, I mean, he of course, he will take time to settle in. He's a good player, no denying that. And it's a very young team. So, let's see what Lampard will do with them. But one positive is it will put additional pressure on us to bring in our signings. You know, to see rivals around us, uh, uh, signing players. It will certainly put that, you know, added pressure on us to complete our signings. And we are always reactive in transfer windows rather than proactive. Mm. So, it is, it is, we all know, it's an open secret that Sancho wants to join. And we are going to go for him. But... Uh, no concrete bid has been made. There are still no talks. I don't know what we are waiting for. I think it is just to see where we land up in the table, if we will play mm. Champions League next season or not. But I think we should be pursuing, you know, Sancho. And uh, in the league, if you look at the statistics, uh, this season, I believe we we are bottom placed when you look at chances created from the right-hand side. So mm. he fits our requirement perfectly. We yeah. need Sancho. And apart from that, I think we are also looking for a central midfielder. Uh, yeah. We definitely need good cover for, you know, Bruno and in case Pogba leaves, obviously. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I don't think we should be worried too much about Chelsea. But yes, we should concentrate on, fin- I mean, uh, completing our signings, mm. at least two I, of them. I like that, turning turning that into a positive thing. This has been a common theme today, guys. But yeah. regarding positivity, we're going to go in a different direction, I'll be honest, as we finish this podcast on our Wally of the Week. I will go first in case you guys need a minute to think and just in case anyone else has picked this person. I mentioned it before, Katie Hopkins. Absolute Mm. Wally. Why she started on Sir slash Lord Rashford, I don't know, but she needs to take several seats, calm herself. And I also, the only time that I will ever like be happy to see Manchester City on my Twitter feed was when the picture was posted of her 
like trying to trip Rashford in like a city kit or something. And she was like, oh, I look hot in blue. And City were like, yeah, not our blue. One. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing I had to give um, City a little thumbs up with that. But yeah, 100%. I don't even think I need to explain why she's my Wally of the Week. She's just a very irritating human being. And it's very typical of her, I think, to jump on the bandwagon for a bit of publicity and something big that's going on and try and turn it into something negative. Um saying that I don't want to pay for other children's food and stuff. It's like, it's children at the end of the day, kids that need support, that need help, that need to eat. And you want to try and argue why we shouldn't do that as human beings. Get out of here, Katie Hopkins. She's 100% my Wally. Uh, James, who's yours? Uh, Matt Hancock, because he's a massive cunt uh, getting Rashford's name wrong. I mean, it's a basic mistake, isn't it, really? I mean, he's done all this stuff. And you have the arrogance to go on telly and call him Daniel. I mean, Daniel, like, Marcus, Daniel. <laughs> they're very similar. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's made it, you know, it's, it's, it's pathetic, really. It sort of sums up, you know, the whole incompetence of uh, mm. this government and their response to this. Mm. I'm, I'm with you on that. A mm. very worthy candidate. John, have you got a Wally? Uh, James, nail on the head. That was, that was my Wally of the week. I mean, yeah. It's a bigger – I mean, some people are going to be like, oh, calm down, dude. It was a mistake. He forgot his name. That's that's precisely why he's the yeah. one because he forgot his name. <laughs> it's a 22-year-old who's trying to make a change in the world, more doing more than half the people with suits on up top complaining about more votes and all that bull crap. And you have this young kid making a change actively, and you can't get his goddamn name right. Shame on you. If I met you, I would – oh, my God. I would – I would <laughs> – I would call you something else in front of your face because that's just call him the wrong name. There, there you go. go. Get him like that, huh? Positive. <laughs> um, Kevin, have you got a Wally of the week? I've got Wallys of the week actually. Oh, okay. Um, Bring it up. Let, let, let us, uh, you know, bestow that uh, honor of uh, Wallys of the week on everybody who is criticizing Rashford. Why just Matt Hancock and you know Katie Hopkins? All the fans on the all the I wouldn't call them fans. Everybody on Twitter who is you know busy saying why why is he bothered or anybody for that matter who is just questioning a meal you know for a poor kid or underprivileged kid. Mm. You are a wally buddy. Yeah. So you've heard it here first. All you guys with the hateration for what Rashford's doing. Yeah. Wallies, a lot of you should be ashamed. Hopefully, I don't think any of those wallies will be watching this podcast because <laughs> I would like to think that you are all. Pro Marcus Rashford, just like us. Um, so, yes, that is the end of this week's podcast, whatever number it may be. I would like to thank you all for joining me. We got there despite the technical difficulties, guys. Um, so, yes, um, as I said, thank you for joining us. Thank you for everybody that has watched or listened to this. Uh, make sure that you are hitting the like and subscribe button. Make sure you've got your notifications turned on on YouTube. Make sure you check out all the other videos that we have got going on on um, Full Time Devils. Um, KFM, where can everybody find you on social media? Yeah, you, can, uh, you can find me on Twitter on RonnieChan96. And just before we go, uh, I mean, uh, I still see, you know, a lot of pictures and videos and clips of people still venturing outside unnecessarily and going out and taking this lightly just because we are bored or it's been a while coronavirus has not left us so please be sensible be safe it is not just about you know you being strong enough you might be risky for others around you mm. so please you know follow all the precautions and just do the right thing and i think proof of that is the fact that the weather in manchester ever since that illegal rave it's been thunder and lightning and flooding like no other so that is 
whoever is in the skies sorting out that thunder and lightning for us is just proof don't do it guys because this is what happens if not worse i totally agree with you it is all about being safe of course um john where can everybody find you uh, you can find me on twitter at mr john shin harping up trolling having a good time uh you can also find me on youtube i've started a new series um it's called us humanized um i'm just looking around asking people to interview uh, just talking to people about life just talking to people about their uh, their pains their struggles their successes their hardships their failures everything um and if you guys want you guys can always uh send me messages i like there's also a segment where i read uh messages and just try to have dialogues i think that's most i think that's very very important in this day and age just try to have conversations speak and uh, listen to each other but uh i just want to say this podcast we've been talking for roughly an hour has been absolutely fantastic it was oh. it's just been awesome angelina you're an awesome host you guys oh. James, you guys are amazing i've been sitting in this chair talking to full-time devil's host for close to a decade now and we're always having some sort of like like i don't want to say negative but it's you know, this was a positive one. I like yeah, that. It's, it's my vibe. It's my yeah. You know, you know like, it's great. I, I take the credit because this is my first podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's it. That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, James, what about you? Where can everybody find you? Um, you can find me writing for the, uh, the Full Time Devils website, actually. So, uh, fulltimedevils.com. I've been writing a few articles for them. I think, Keith, and you have as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I write yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm on Twitter as well. I'm at James Young TV, even though I don't do any more TV work. So, but I can't, I'm not really going to change the handle because everyone knows me by that now. So, sort of stuck with that. But yeah. Um, I, I do a sort of, um, I do football writing here and there. So, if you want to check me out, if any, uh, future uh, employers are uh, watching this then uh, it'd be good if you could get in contact with me because everyone else is actually at the minute not paying me for our skills so it could be nice if you give me a bit on the side um <laughs> yeah and i'm on the radio as well every saturday um three till six on um broradio.fm so if you could listen to that then uh, be good to get more than six listeners uh, every saturday fantastic well hopefully yeah make sure that you tune in guys um Regarding me, I can't remember all the handles. My name's Angelina Kelly. Not many other people have that name. So just search it and you'll find it, I'm sure. And obviously, people that have watched me on Full Time Devils before know that I am now over permanently at One Football. So make sure you check out some of the stuff that we've got going on over there. So, yes, once again, thank you everyone for joining this positive podcast. Take note, Jay, we're being positive. So, yeah, Jay. <laughs> So, yes, thank you very much. As I said before, guys, make sure you check out everything that is going on with Full Time Devils on YouTube. Make sure you're listening to the podcast um, on the many ways that you can listen. Check out the website with all the blogs with everyone writing. And, yes, we shall hopefully see you all soon. Thanks, guys. So. Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.